Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of the Steelers Hangover. What are we hungover from? Well, a lot of people are still hungover from the draft, but it's just we're still just getting ready for the regular season and feeling good about it. We got through free agency. We got through that draft. And now we've got rookie minicamp coming up this week. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, the podcast producer here from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That's B-T-S-C. Search it wherever you find your favorite podcast. And remember, it's just not this show. You can check out so many shows. We've got 20 original shows every single week. And you can check it, check it out anywhere that you download your favorite podcast. If you love true crime podcast and you check out a true crime show and you love football, check out BTSC, the same place you get that true crime show. If you like romantic podcast, if you like podcast about anything, you could find it anywhere. I want, I listen to movie podcast, so many things they're out there, but wherever you check out those shows, you are going to find BTSC, not hard to find. Remember, just don't rely on these YouTube and Facebook shows because there's so much more to BTSC. And check out the editorial side as well. Shannon White is with me tonight, along with Tony Defio, my friend. What is going on? Hey, Shannon. Hey, guys. Everybody ready to go tonight? Yeah, I, I think we are. Yeah. I, I think we are. Tony, what is going on? I'm just enjoying a beautiful day in Pittsburgh. I've been exercising all day, so I'm, I'm I'm feeling in good spirits. How about you? Well, it was a rain fest over the weekend. I heard you mention that on your show. Is it nicer oh, today? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's it, it's too nice for a Monday. I'll tell you that. It should be like a this this is like Saturday weather. Well, I was <laughs> camping all weekend, and they shut that down because it was going to be by a creek, and the Boy Scouts kind of don't. They kind of frown upon. Uh, you know, being around dangerous water. <laughs> so, yeah. so I stayed in all weekend and I just caught up on some Z's. I'm still a little hungover from the draft and I uh, caught up on some BTSC action. So with that being said, it's time to get into it. We got to thank, look, I'd like to thank the first ones in Alvin Murray, the first one in on Facebook and Sean Manahan, the first one in on the YouTube side, so uh, good evening, gentlemen. Also, good to see Stacy and Kathy and Todd and Reggie. All these names in here. We even have uh, Shrek Johnny's friend. <laughs> Johnny Bravo <laughs> loves Shrek. <laughs> I got to figure out. That's a whole podcast there to find out the deal with that. That's awesome. Hmm. So let's let's do it, guys. Pittsburgh Steelers. They made an announcement today, and it was one that a lot of people was waiting to see. They knew what who number eight was going to be, but they didn't know who the other numbers were going to belong to. So, Tony and Shannon, have you seen the list yet? Yes. Uh, I have not. I didn't know they did that today. <laughs> I've been busy so, all day. So this is what happened. I was all set. I was putting the finishing touches on the – number prediction article and then he breaks i mean i was on the last guy i was on chris oladun <laughs> and and i was like ah oh. and jeff's like well i i want to run that in the morning and then i'm like oh crap jeff what are we gonna do and he's like well let's just turn it around and uh we'll make your article the draft announcement so i 
I I completely changed it real quick and we got it out and it's up on the editorial site as we speak. So let's talk about the numbers. Tony, don't look them up. I'm going to fill you in and fill in everybody that is out there that going to be excited to hear some of these. It's going to be really interesting. I'm a big numbers guy. And I know, Tony, Tony, you love numbers just as much as I do. We've done shows on on the best to wear the numbers. Shannon, are you a big fan of numbers? Yeah, especially the numbers are my favorite players. What When you played sports, do you remember your numbers? Oh, yes. 44 right. and 50. 44 for Reggie Jackson. I was going to say that. I knew it was going to be 44 yeah, for Reggie. 50 for Ralph Sampson uh, ah. in basketball. And, uh, of course, I like Barkley, too, so I eventually changed to 34 of it. So, uh, Tony, I know you played for the Vikings. Sheridan Vikings, 1984. Sheridan, 1984, because I was on the American Outfitter Eagles in 83 and 84. Do you remember mm-hmm. your numbers? Oh, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit this, and I should. Uh, I was a bench warmer, but I wore number 75. I mean, that's uh, the, I know. Oh. I know. I couldn't even break the lineup. <laughs> I didn't transform my franchise, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I wore number 76 in 1983 for John Banizak. And well, I was just given it, but I was like, Ooh, John Banizak. Mm-hmm. And even though John Banizak at the time was on the Michigan Panthers, he was a champion with the Panthers and not with the Steelers oh, yeah. I uh, in the USFL. And it, then I, then I went to my man. I didn't have the gold shoes, but I was LC Greenwood. I had number 68 mm-hmm. and I was actually like an 80 pound nose tackle. In an end, <laughs> a receiver that had one ball thrown to him all season. Um, I did recover a big fumble in the last in the uh, last game. And can you uh, call yourself a nose tackle at that weight? Would you have been more like a nostril tackle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I definitely had the pediatric indication. I guess uh, nasally. <laughs> Uh, that, that's really funny. Yeah, I, I had a little butt. I was the little button nose, I guess. Um, and the other eagles were red, white, and blue. And that was great. And everybody had colored pants, and we had white pants with red stripes. And the problem with white, white pants, that, uh, oh gosh, that uh, dirt never came out. I learned, I, my mom always did the laundry, but I learned how to do laundry then. Because I was always trying to clean them up because you had to wear the pants every single day for practice, too. So um, what we're looking at is I can tell you my baseball numbers, but I don't want to bore you by telling you 36, 1, 2, and 13. So Mm -hmm. uh, two of those were championship numbers with the Red Sox and the Dodgers of Arbutus Little League. So I guess I just did. So Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and talk about numbers. We knew Kenny Pickett was going to be number eight. That was, I mean, because the NFL says we got to know right away because we got to start selling these. Yep. You know, and that's what they did with Kenny Pickett. I mean, there was no, no surprise. The last guy to wear number eight, two guys were number eight last year. Um, Carl, Carl Joseph was the last man for the Steelers to wear number eight. We also had the defector. Wore number eight uh, as well. Melvin Ingram, the third. The hostage. And, uh, yeah, the hostage. Yeah, I, because he didn't really defect. He just uh, he was only getting sixty percent of the snaps. I don't know how he could take it. So the the Steelers did trade him. So you know that's yeah. I really can't call him 
call him a defector there. I guess that's not fair. Um, so what I will say is number eight, Kenny Pickett. It's going to look good on him. That's a good number. I mean, I still have a number eight jersey. I still have a Maddox jersey, one of the uh, screen printed jobs. Um, <laughs> I wore that. I wore that in uh, San Diego when I was on national TV back in two thousand five at the uh, at the Steelers game, the Steelers Chargers game. So then we get to this is where it gets interesting. Number two was George Pickens the. Th- George Pickens. Is he the third too? Or is he just George Pickens? He's just George Pickens. He's not junior or anything. Don't think so. Okay. Why I, I kind of feel that everybody's a junior, a third, <laughs> a senior, an esquire, a uh an excelsior. Uh, <laughs> everybody has has that behind their name now. So George Pickens, my guess for George Pickens was going to be, I mean. I kicked this around. I, I was thinking it would be cool if they would give him number one, which he wore mm-hmm. in college. But the Steelers don't like to do that a lot. They haven't given a – we haven't seen a number one since – I don't know if Anthony Wright wore number one in preseason, whether he wore number one or number two for the Steelers way back when. But I just remember Gary Anderson as the last number one, but it could have been him. Um, Pittsburgh Owen. Don't no, 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 no. Don't spoil it. No, you can't put him on there. <laughs> Don't spoil it. He's banned. No, <laughs> come on, man. So yeah, now P- Pickens is wearing 14, and that was actually my guess. I guessed 14. I almost had him at 19. And I'm thinking no, because I can go ahead and put another player there. Now, um, but then at the last minute, I changed it to 14, and I was correct on that one. And now our Slack channel, I heard a few people say, well, there, there goes for Pickens. I don't think a number defines you. I think a player defines a number. Just yeah. because Ray Ray McLeod, Sammy Coates, and Lima Swede wore 14, you know, that does not mean – it does not mean that this player is not going to be good, Right. No, he he can he can redefine what wearing number uh, fourteen means. All he has to do is become a superstar and or a really good player, and people will forget about Lima Swede. Yeah, absolutely, Shannon. Can you remember great number sevens before Ben Roethlisberger came around? No, I mean not for the Steelers. Yeah, Pete Gonzalez maybe. Yeah. Now Ben Roethlisberger picked that jersey because of who? John Elway. John Elway. Absolutely. One of my heroes. Pickens is he was you know I had had a John Elway jersey back then I was I was a big fan so with with number fourteen in the books then we go to number three and I was originally I did not I originally thought that this gentleman DeMarvin Leal would be ninety eight then I took it away because he wore eight in college I took it away. And the reason I took it away is because I'm thinking, wow, we've got Mark Robinson and there's not a lot of numbers, not a lot of good inside linebacker numbers because you're not going to give it an inside linebacker a, six, a 60 or a 70 number. You don't. You don't. Mm-hmm. And because there's just not a lot of numbers out there. So 
what I decided to do there, I decided to say, okay, so 98 makes sense because De- DeMarvin Leal reminds me of Vince Williams. You know what I mean? Just of that, that aggressive guy. It doesn't remind me of Casey Hampton who wore it best. You know, we've had, we've had some good 98s. Gerald Williams is another one of them. Yeah. You know, so we've had some good 98s. But I think the Marvin Leal that works, I gave him, my gosh, I think I gave him 79. And I was wrong. So that one I was definitely wrong on. Here's another one I was wrong on. Calvin Austin the third. He wore number four. You know who wears number four right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, uh, um, is it the punter? It's the a new kicker. Punter. It's a kicker. Boswell's nine, right? Yeah, Boswell's nine. Sam Sloman wears number four. Mm. So I was thinking, okay, they're not going to give give him number four. And then I looked up his number at the Senior Bowl, and I'm thinking 83. I'm thinking that would be perfect because he's a wide receiver. He's not a tight end. So let's go ahead and give him 83. I was wrong there. They actually gave him Juju's number. Mm-hmm. So he's 19. He, he is going to be 19. Okay. And as uh, as positive as the contributions made by Juju Smith-Schuster, man, I really think that Calvin Austin III might eclipse that. So that's going to be really interesting. So there you go. Now we go to the next pick. There was no number five pick. Here's where the 83 went. And I had no idea where to go with Connor Hayward. So he ended up with number 83. Huh? So he's going to be a tight end. They're going to give him a lot of people said, well, that's a big number to live up to. Of course, you've got Lewis lips. You've got T bell and some guy named Heath. (laughs) I guess it was okay to give him this number. And the reason it was okay to give him this number is because Ben Roethlisberger can't veto it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's not around anymore. Yeah, and that's not that's not really uh, everybody's saying, well, that's Heath, that's Heath. Well, look, you can't there's so many numbers you cannot yeah. just you you have to give out. What I about still 80, 82 all those years. Yeah, we, we, yeah they're still so, being given out. Yeah. yeah. They uh unless they start going to like three digit numbers, you know, hmm. I mean so I was hoped he'd get 34, but you know, Terrell Edmonds has it. You know, I, I thought Ironhead's number would be perfect. Yeah. You know, um, big bruising guy like that. Uh, not even like who, like whose number you're, you're giving him, you know, as far as the legacy, but I'm just surprised that, that they're making him a tight end uh, right out of the gate being five eleven. You know, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's on a short side for a tight end. So I guess that's, that's where they're, uh, that's where they're going with him first. I'm, I'm, I'm a little uh, intrigued by that. Well, you know, there uh, Alfredo <coughs> Roberts came out, and when it was his turn, when you had to send a position coach out, they sent the tight ends coach out. Mm-hmm. They did not send the running backs coach. So I thought that was interesting. And they're talking about using him as an H back. Mm-hmm. So that's why they did that. Oh, something I wanted to mention, and I didn't mention when we were talking about uh, Austin. Calvin Austin the third or Austin three, which will be on his jersey. Somebody said he should be number 16, which is the punter right now. 
why should have he been 16? Tony's smiling. He knows it. Shannon, you got it? Uh-uh. Tony, go ahead. Oh, hell yeah. Austin 316. <laughs> Austin 316 <laughs> just said I scored on your bleep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's perfect. I can't believe that he... Does the new punter have that much sway already? I mean... <laughs> well, those things change. I, But I think if he got another number, it would end up being four instead of 16. So... So then let's Mark Robinson ended up with 93. Schobert mm-hmm. wore it last, so that kind of works. And then the quarterback, Chris Olodukun, you know, he ended up with five, and I picked five for him. So I got four out of the seven correct. But no, no, is that three out of the seven? No, I think I got four. But, anyways. Number five, it's just the only place to go, really, for a quarterback. I mean, yeah. With the receivers having all these numbers that quarterbacks have, and quarterbacks can't go outside of 19. Right. You know, there's really – you're not going to give seven out anymore. That's gone. You don't give out 12. Those will never be seen on anybody again. So there, those numbers are very few and far between. So you're going to see – a lot of fives and sixes and and remember you've got to give your special teams guys the punters and the kickers those numbers too mm-hmm. so that's those first 19 numbers there's just not a a lot of places to go so there's the there you go you're updated on numbers tony i'm uh i'm, I'm in i I was surprised that uh, Mark Robinson didn't get like maybe 58 or something like that. But, <laughs> but you know, if he proves himself and makes a team, maybe he can change that number. But no, it's uh, they, they, they all make sense. 93 for a linebacker, uh, 19 for a receiver, you know, uh, 14 for a receiver. But my favorite number is eight. It's always been my favorite number. So I'm, I'm hoping Kenny, Kenny Pickett uh, uh, does well. So I can, that's one of the reasons why I hope he does well. Another reason is, you know, that they'll win some games. So <laughs> Shannon white, why is Tony's number eight? I think no. Why is his favorite number eight? That was my favorite number when I was growing up too. Um, I don't know. Willie Stargell. It's gotta be Tony, right? Oh, uh, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. I, 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 when I was a kid, he was my favorite player. So yeah. Yeah. He was mine too. I, in Little League, everybody tried to uh, try to you know do the batting stance like him with the uh, with the pump. He would no oh, everybody would do the yeah. pump. Every like kid crazy. in Western PA. <laughs> yep, I was doing it. I I definitely know yeah. that it wasn't good. But <laughs> I, no, was I, doing... I couldn't hit anything. And you know, back then you only had three channels, so you were that's what you were watching all the time. You were you watched the Pirates a lot now. Now it's really tough. I, I finally gave up two years ago. I quit paying to watch the Pirates because for obvious reasons. That's fair. But anyways, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. And let's ask this question. What's all the excitement about? Are we kidding ourselves? What are the expectations after the draft now? Have they even changed with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Shannon, I'm going to start with you. I don't know if they've changed. It's going to depend on how, what kind of quarterback play they get. 
because this is all new territory. You know, eight, it's been 18 years since they, you know, went into a season or with a new starting quarterback. They got to decide on Pickett or Trubisky, which I originally thought it would still be Trubisky. But now you're hearing more and more people's thinking that Pickett is going to be the uh, really get to compete to be the starter. And that could change a lot of the way they run the offense and how they begin the season. So I don't know if my expectations have changed. I feel like they can be more competitive because they've had a really good free agency period and uh, and a strong draft. So I think that they can be more competitive in a tough division. But again, it's kind of like Tony said about last year at the beginning, it's, it's going to come down to a bounce here or there, you know, whether they're going to be, you know, another nine and eight, or are they going to be uh, seven and 10? You know, we just don't know yet, but um, they, I think they've really done good at replenishing their talent, but I still think they're going to need one more off season. Tony, why do you think Shannon needs, thinks there's going to need to be one more off season? What's not good enough for this team right now? Is it the competition out there or is it just the fact that, Shannon's right, and they're just not ready. Well, I just think I think it's it's the competition because I mean it's it's going to be so tough this year with you know the, all the quarterbacks that we mentioned last week. There's so many great teams in the AFC now, Bills and the Chiefs at the top of the list, and you know with your in, in your own division with the Bengals and the Ravens and the Browns might be tough with Deshaun Watson. Uh, the AFC West is is it looks like a nightmare, <laughs> you know. So I mean uh, that's one of the reasons, but. You just don't know about any, you know, it, it, I've liked what they've done uh, starting with free agency. You know, you go out there and you get a James Daniels, you get a, you get a Levi Wallace, uh, obviously Miles Jacks, Miles Jack and Trubisky, who I'm mean, obviously he's up in here now, but, but you know, you, you, you've added some solid players in free agency. And of course you went out and you got a quarterback in the draft in the first round and pick it. And that's exciting, but you just don't know uh, how long it's going to take him to, you know, I, I, I realize his, his floor is, Expected to be pretty what high? Is that the way high high floor? So he's spo- he's supposed to be the most NFL ready. So there's a, a good possibility that he'll jump in there and, and be able to start almost from the very beginning. But again, you still you still don't know what he can do compared to you know these other quarterbacks in the AFC. The, you know these proven guys. Um, and and I do like you know there's potential there with Pickens and, and Austin. If they if they hit on one or both of those guys, it's going to really uh, reshape that receiving room. And of course, uh, you know, Najee Harris is coming into his second year. So you have the potential there for, for an elite defense again, um, with the Lulu and, and, and to coming back. So, and possibly Bush, if he, if he can, uh, you know, return to his 2020 form or 2019 form, I should say. So, uh, you just don't know. That's why I think it's the competition number one, but number two, you just don't know. I like what they've done, but you just don't know what it's going to, how it's going to turn out until you see it unfold. And, and you know, I agree with Shannon. They're uh, one of many teams that can finish anywhere between seven and 10, 10 and seven, you know, depending on how some bounces go. So th- I think they're still one of those kind of teams. So my expectations really haven't changed yet, but I am, I am optimistic about what they've done this off season. Well, Shannon, let's talk about the AFC North because Tony keeps mentioning competition out there and it cannot be ignored. So let's stay in our own division real quick. With the Steelers, you know, of course, there's a lot of question marks, but can you really 
look at all three of the other teams in the AFC North and feel that there aren't question marks there, probably the best bet to be the preseason favorite would probably be the Cincinnati Bengals, Shannon. Would you agree? Yes. Uh, the Bengals have the best quarterback, so that's going to give them a leg up automatically. They've strengthened their offensive line, at least on paper. They've got the best receiving core, and their defense will have another year of chemistry, and they really improved a lot last year. So I think they have to be the favorites. The Baltimore Ravens is getting back all those guys they had injured last year, uh, both starting running backs, the first and second string guy. So they'll be getting them back, and you know, hopefully a motivated, healthy Lamar Jackson for their sake. So I think that the defense defensive side is their biggest question mark. Uh, according and also their offensive line because you know they've replaced Val on the waiver so you know they'll probably that'll be an upgrade but they uh there's still some questions there but I think Cleveland is the the wild card because Cleveland with Watson coming in and, and all the stuff they've got going on right there he's probably going to miss at least six games and then what kind of chemistry we have with the receiver core there's a lot of questions. So actually I could see the Steelers finish in third in the division uh, more than I could in last. I can see Cleveland dropping to fourth. Tony, we mentioned Deshaun Watson there. Shannon says he might miss six games. DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss six day- games for PEDs. Do you really think the NFL is going to, let him get off with just six games? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, um, obviously we, we know what the suspension was for Ben uh, in 2010. Uh, but I mean, these are much uh, many more allegations and things have changed a lot as far as uh, how the NFL handles these kind of things since 2010, as far as uh, the, the off the field behavior and, 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 you know, with social media, everybody, everybody weighing in. Uh, I would, I wouldn't be shocked if it's, if it's more than, more than six. I mean, PEDs is, is a big deal, but these allegations against Watson and, and, and I realize he hasn't been charged with anything, but 22 is a lot uh, to overlook. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him more. So this is uh Tate boys, our good friend, Kevin Tate. You could check him out Sundays here on btsc on the youtube and facebook side also you could hear him wherever you find your steeler podcast tape voice says here's where you, you plug we run the north yep that's the show i was actually going to plug it you didn't have to give us the dollar 99 but i'll take it i appreciate it thanks you thank you kevin um check out yesterday's show and check out some of the older ones too because he has guests from other teams on there and it's a uh, he's got friends in low places when I'm talking low places, Ravens, Bengals, and Browns. And mm-hmm. he's got friends that could talk about those teams. And that's really, I mean, that's what we envisioned when we put that show together. And he's doing a great job with it. So definitely check out that show. They talked a good bit about that last night when they did that. And I appreciate Kevin for coming in. So, yeah, that's that's what we're looking at in the North. Now. You guys talked about a dangerous West. I'm going to put them aside for a moment. Let's talk about the East. 
because you've got the Jets. The Steelers play all four of these teams. The Jets, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Dolphins. And I think the only team that scares me there is the Bills. Right. The Dolphins have the potential to be better, but they're they're changing a little bit. I mean, they Brian Flores is gone. He's in Pittsburgh. And I think he was a lot of the identity of that defense. So, Tony, I'm going to start with you. Besides the Bills, anybody that we should fear? Um, I mean, I I always fear the uh, <laughs> the Patriots. I mean, uh, it's 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 uh it's um I I you know it's wired into me now after 20 years. But um, you know, Mac Jones had a pretty decent rookie year as a quarterback, and you know that the kind of defense they had last year, so. Uh, you know, you got a rookie, potentially a rookie qu- quarterback going up against Bill Belichick's defense. Uh, I mean, uh, they, uh, I'm afraid of them a little bit. The other two, the Jets, uh, the Jets still have a lot to prove to me. And same with the Dolphins. I mean, I, I realized they, they had a decent team last year and they came on at the end anyway and, and, and improved at the end and, uh, looked like they were improving, but they, they still have a lot that, you know, two has to show me a lot. And so does, uh, um, Wilson with the Jets and both of those organizations as a, as a whole. So I'd say obviously the bills scare me, but the Patriots a little bit too. Shannon white. Let's talk about that AFC East. Anybody there that we're missing? Of course, there's only four teams is Buffalo as good as I think they are. Yeah. Buffalo's the, the team that's right there on that verge of taking that next step. It's funny. A lot of teams, make it to the Super Bowl and they never get back or they don't get back the next year at least. Whereas teams that get to and lose in the championship game, they get back uh, or the, you know, the division round, they get back and they take that next step and make it to the Super Bowl. And I think the bills, they were so close last year. Uh, they don't have any superstars on defense, but they, they're just such a solid unit. And then on offense is where they have their superstar talent. And Allen seems so motivated because that was that had mm. to be crushing for him last year to get that close and to play that well and still lose. So I expect them to take a, a – they might be the class of the AFC. Uh, and then the Jets had a great draft, but they're – it will take a little time, especially in that division. Last year I thought that the Patriots, if Mac Jones would be, you know, just functional, that they could be compete for that division, and they did because he was better than functional. He was above average and they'll have, he should have better weapons this year. So, and they're always so well coached, obviously, as Tony said, they I've grown to always <laughs> fear the Patriots. Cause that's, you know, that's like we're Superman. That's our kryptonite. So, mm-hmm. um, but Miami, I think we'll actually take a step back. I think they're going to regret the Brian Flores thing. I think his defensive, uh, the aggressive pass rush and, uh, defense that he um, was mainly over. I think that they're going to miss that. And that was one of the things that made them well last year. And then is Tua going to be a good fit with Hill? So, uh, yeah, of, of those teams, Buffalo is definitely the class. You know what? I agree with you that they're the class and the Steelers will play them in Buffalo this year. Schedule's coming out if you want to check out our schedule predictions, Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis, myself, we put out our predictions this morning on the editorial side of 
where that's going to be. We had completely different predictions, except for we went with the same bye week because it just made sense. So, but it could be anything. I think Dave has <laughs> Dave has them playing. I think we both have them playing Buffalo like in a night game. I have them late in the year, which I envision all this snow and just a crazy game. But anything could happen. Think about some of these teams that we think, man, that's going to be the toughest on the schedule. And it ends up not being a tough game. Last year, one of those games was Seattle last year. Yeah. And and there's been a few, and everybody was really worried about the Steelers opening up with Buffalo on the road. And, you know, maybe if that game is any other game of the year, Steelers might lose that game. Yeah. Yeah. They caught him at the right time. Yeah. They, they caught him perfectly. So then they, then they struggled. Tony, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I have a question for you, both of you guys with the schedule coming out. Do you think they're going to get the uh, maximum uh, five primetime games? I think it's, there's a lot of intriguing things on there. Obviously you have a, you have a, a rookie quarterback that could potentially be starting from week one. And then you have games against, you know, Buccaneers with Tom Brady, of course, the Patriots and Ravens are always in there. The, now the Bengals and the Browns are, are supposedly going to be better. So there's a lot of intriguing uh, matchups uh, that, that they could, even though the Steelers are kind of on the cusp of, of being a playoff contender again, uh, where they, they could give them five uh, uh, primetime games again. Well, it's funny that you ask that because there are going to, I consider Christmas Day a primetime game and there's going to be three christmas day games this year along with three thanksgiving games there's going to be they just announced it today monday night football for week two there's going to be a double header so there's extra games now those games have been announced it's not going to be the steelers but it's minnesota's one of them i think maybe san francisco um usually it always goes to a west team so you know, you have that possibility that because the Steelers are not as highly regarded, that that's a possibility. But think about this. They're still the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? New England's going to get those games too. And New England's not the New England Patriots of the last 20 years either. But they have that name. They're definitely going to get invited because people are going to, people show up and show out. It's funny. How many times do you see the Steelers flexed out late in the season even if it's like you probably really should flex that game out because the Steelers are on the schedule it's like James Ferrier says it's a five-star game because we're in it Mm -hmm. you know so I I really think that they'll they'll get close to the max now I went a little crazy on my predictions I gave the Steelers I gave the Steelers the anti-James Harrison schedule. James Harrison, if he reads my article, he's probably going to come and kick my butt. (laughs) Because, you know, James Harrison doesn't like all these holiday games. And I just predicted, I predicted every holiday for the Steelers. (laughs) I predicted Christmas Day. For some reason, I think I picked Christmas Day against the... uh, against the Buccaneers (laughs) at home. Um, I predicted, I even predicted, I'm probably going to be, I know I'm going to be wrong, but it's just like predicting a schedule is 
is really tough to do. If you get one or two right, then you're like, wow, I, that's pretty good. I predicted the Ravens and the Steelers on a, on Thanksgiving night to make up for that game two years ago that was lost. I predicted Halloween night, which I realized I, one of the Pittsburgh columnists put this out today and he's probably right. And I realized that I made a huge mistake on doing this, but I put the rate, the Raiders and the Steelers on Halloween night, Monday night football. Ooh, that'd be fun. But you can't do that. Not when there's an opportunity to have there's games on December 23rd this year. Oh, and so it's, and it, it's gotta be the Raiders and the Steelers on December 23rd. Shannon, don't you agree? It only makes sense that if they don't do that, their marketing team should be fired because they missed a great opportunity. I didn't think about that when Dave and I didn't think about that when we both put him in there, but uh, yeah, with the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, you, you gotta put that game there. And John Madden just passed. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that would be, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably definitely going to happen now. I'd, I'd love to change the article, but I didn't, but I, I couldn't in good faith take credit for that. Uh, so yeah, I was looking at, at those games and that is a possibility, but you know, the, the Steelers have like a middle of the road schedule. I think they're ranked 15th difficulty last year. They were ranked number one in difficulty. We saw them in 2008 ranked number one in difficulty and win the Super Bowl. So sometimes that really doesn't matter. A team is going to be better or worse based on things that happen. You know, when you look at you look at any schedule, though, the important part is when you get that team. You get a team early that starts off hot, gets the injury, and then falls off. Like if you would have got the Russell Wilson early, or if you would have got the Cowboys with Dak early, you're, you're hurting. But when you get them later on, when those guys are out, then hey, it's no problem. Right. The, uh, the one thing that I'm definitely looking forward to see is when they're playing in Philadelphia, because haven't won there since 1965. That is, that is the one that I'm picking this year that, that they've got to get off the schneid. But is this the team that can do it? Is this the team that can get off the schneid? And I just don't see why not. Because here's the big question for all of you. With the guys that they added in free agency, with the guys that they added through the draft, are they a better team than the team that went, what, what were they, 9-8-1 last year? Or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, 9-7-1 last year? Mm-hmm. So Shannon, I'll start with you on that. I'm a, I was a huge Ben fan. Everybody knows that. But Ben, it was a terrible combination. Uh, he was totally immobile. He was a statue playing behind the worst offensive line in the league. The any improvements is going to come from the offensive line. But when you put the improved offensive line with the guys they brought in and Cole and Daniels and and they're going to a new scheme, a more zone-blocking scheme, which hopefully will fit a core four better. Then you have the mobility factor of Trubisky or Pickett. 
so that if they was running lanes last year, the men could have took off. He couldn't. He didn't have the physical ability. So that offense, it's miraculous they made the playoffs because it was terrible. It was a terrible offense. No fun to watch. It, it was really, really bad. And so they have to be better on offense. If that line could just get to average, Harris will have some lanes. He makes lanes. He drags guys. He breaks tackles. Then you have the quarterbacks that can actually take snap from center, do play action, rollouts. And they added Pickens and they added a Calvin Austin a third. So that offense has to be improved. And with the additions they've made on defense, it should be as it should be much, much better on run defense. If they could just get a Lulu back and to it, uh, or pick up somebody else that can, you know, help with that run defense. So in a lot of ways, I think they are improved overall, but I just worry about they won so many close games clutch last year, and that was being, and that ain't going to be there anymore. So that's my only real concern and about two or three glaring weak spots that they still have to address. So, Tony, when we look at the offensive line, like Shannon White mentioned, that they just need to be average. You know, we we think about this team as not making many improvements on the offensive line, but with just getting a guy like Kevin, a healthy Kevin Dotson, and seasoning under the belts of the two rookies, Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr., and then adding James Daniels, this is a much different offensive line, and a lot of people don't think that it is. Yeah, which I don't, I don't, I don't get because I mean, you knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. I mean, you had to totally uh, tear down and build back up the the line. It, it wasn't going to happen all in one off season. And yeah, they struggled last year, and they were maybe in a lot of ways worse than they were uh, the year before. But you had a whole uh, fresh crew back there, and you had a, a fourth round pick who started sixteen games at left tackle. I mean, that's invaluable experience. You're going to have Kevin Dodson back, who wasn't always there last year. Obviously, you improved greatly at right guard with James Daniels. And a core four, like Shannon said, you know, this might be a better blocking scheme for him, for somebody who's, who, who's more of a finesse kind of a, a, a offensive lineman. So uh, you have that. Now, center, uh, Mason Cole is a decent veteran. Um, so, but, but, but if Kendrick Green, you know, can, can, show vast improvements over last year and he gained a lot of experience last year even though he struggled mightily if you know if he can win that job again uh over a guy like a mason cole then you know he's improved because i think they they brought in mason cole as sort of insurance and if and if he doesn't start he, he could be depth you know in the interior of the line so uh i i see just but like you said just what you got from more last year that him coming back and then of course dodson and, and daniels alone that should make this line so much better and then you know like matt williamson always says you know when, when it comes to the line a quarterback has can, can make a, a, a average line or a below average line look much better and when you have the mobility back there now no matter who the quarterback is going to be he's going to be mobile so certainly more mobile than, than than ben was at the end of his career uh that should go a long way in in in, in improving that line and making it better so i think i think it, the air was pointing out with the, with the offensive line the wide receivers are tough to think about because you're replacing Juju Smith-Schuster, Ray Ray McLeod, and James Washington with guys like Miles Boykin and two rookies. So 
let's talk about them, Shannon. And did you did you have something you wanted to throw in on yep. the offensive line? Yeah, real quick. I, I've got an article I'm working on, and I've been talking to some of the the guys here uh, on Slack, on you know uh, my colleagues about. Kevin Dotson, the reason I haven't mentioned him a lot when we've talked on our podcast is because he's really not a good fit for a zone blocking scheme. He he's, could probably be adequate on an inside zone blocking scheme, but if the Steelers were to transition to more of an outside zone, he does not fit that because he's very limited in his lateral movement and his hmm. balance because he's top-heavy. He's great power. So when they drafted him, I thought they were going to switch to a power blocking scheme. But now all the guys they're bringing in, including the new offensive line coach, Pat Meyer, are all zone blockers, are better in the, in zone blocking. And so, therefore, I'm concerned about Dotson moving forward. And, and like I said, I've got an article I'm working on about that very subject. But um, I, I don't mention it because just like Green, I'm hoping that they're both going to be a good fit and they're going to take a step forward, but I don't know that yet. So that is a concern, but you was talking about the wide receivers. Yeah. The wide receiver situation, you know, with rookies, you're getting into the unknown and you're bringing in Boykin, but the big question is how much did you really lose there from last year? In my opinion, of course, you know, Juju, he he missed a good bit of action. And, and you know, and, and he showed a lot of heart coming back because he didn't have to at all. And I don't know if it really helped him at all in, in signing with the Chiefs because um, I think he could have done that last year. But I think that they have actually gained at the position if you're talking about Washington because he could not get separation. And I wish him well in Dallas. But I think that's always going to be an issue. Juju has had some injury issues, and he mainly come back to play with Ben. But – he hasn't been the same player since AB left. And then Ray Ray is really should just been a return guy. So they've definitely upgraded in the slot, uh, regardless of who they use in there. So I think the additions of Pickens and CA3 uh, and, and Boykin, if he can, you know, develop and give him anything, maybe in the red zone because of his height and leaving ability, then I think they've improved it receiver. And don't forget about Anthony Miller, too. That's mm. a guy who was there last year. So that's six guys. Tony, do all six of those guys make the Steelers? Or is there a wild card like a Rico Bussy or somebody out there? I mean, it, 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 the potential is there. I don't think uh, there, unless unless Pickens and, and Austin, the third, unless they really, really come up short, they're probably going to both make the team. And, you know, uh, Johnson and Claypool. So that's four right there. Anthony Miller has has NFL experience, so I can certainly see him making the team um, in Boykin. But then you also signed uh, Gunner Gunner Rowe. Gunner Rowe to be your your return specialist. Of course, Austin could have something to say about that now because he's really uh, dynamic in that role. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's <laughs> I definitely think six are going to make it, but I, I don't. I as far as the combination, I, it's hard to say right now because it so much of it has to do with specialties, like you know, with, with special teams and, 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 and that's going to play a huge role. I don't think Gunnar O is going to go anywhere because I think he is there to be the punt returner that Austin does not do. And actually I don't think Austin's a kick returner. I think Austin's a punt returner. Right. Uh, so I, I would almost think that Gunnar O is there to do a certain job. So I don't think that 
he's going to be uh, a guy that uh, I'm thinking of him more as a uh, special teamer. I mean, he's an all pro special teamer. So I actually think that uh, there's going to be a spot for him, but uh, good conversation, fellas. Thank you so much. Thanks to everybody in the live chat. I, uh, we did, I think we missed the live chat here and I want to go ahead and, and uh, throw it in there. We lost Britsburg Owens live chat, super chat. We don't live in our fears. We're the Steelers. Well, you know, <laughs> that's the thing. That's a, uh, that's the thing in Western Pennsylvania. There, there is, there's always a good bit of, yeah, there's some pessimism here and I get guilty of I it. I my fears too. all the time. <laughs> that's why he's got 17 deadbolts. <laughs> right. Exactly. So hey, I, Chen, I got to tell you this before we go proof that Tony doesn't read my articles. Tony does not read my articles and he can't lie and says that he does. You know why? Mm-mm. I called Bill Cower in one of my articles this weekend, the second most famous to ever come from Crafton <laughs> next to Tony Defio. <laughs> and Tony did not mention it at all. So I'm hurt. Well, I, 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 between podcasts and, and writing myself, I, I, I sometimes I, I try to catch up on one day, like my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is when I usually write, read everybody's articles. So that's I'm, I'm off those days. So I was going to get to it and that would have been a nice surprise, but you ruined it. Uh, right. Oh, you're, you're throwing it back on me. Oh. <laughs> Guys, check out BTSE for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs, man. Just because the draft's over, don't think that there's going to be nothing. There's not going to be a lull because guess what? Mini camp's coming up. And something always happens in minicamp that could be good. You know, we found a duck a couple years ago and a skipper. Yeah, right. So you never know what's going to happen there. There could be a guy that we're talking about in the fall that comes out of that week too. So we know who the numbers are. The only number that we're concerned with is number seven. And we're not talking Big Ben. We're talking about a seventh Lombardi. And the road starts now. So for Shannon White, for Tony Duffy, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. And just when you think you've got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. Shannon White. Woo! Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the hypocycloids. The Hangover Crew out. <laughs>